Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Pastor Jill and I am so excited to be with you this morning and to share what God has placed on my heart. If you have a Bible, go and grab it. Uh, We're going to get into the book of Jeremiah chapter 2 together. So uh, open up your Bible app, pause this and go and grab your Bible uh, because we're going to dive in together here in just a minute. But before we do that, let's pray together and uh, just spend a moment with the Lord. God, we are thankful. We are thankful for the opportunity to look into your word and see what it says. We are thankful, God, uh, that you are a God who speaks to us. You're a God who is with us, who walks through life with us. Lord, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that your love for us is without end and without measure. God, I thank you for your care over our lives. I thank you, Lord, that uh, when you look down from heaven and we're such tiny people in comparison to everyone on this planet, you care individually for each of us. So God, I pray that each person listening would sense and know your care and love for them, your care and love enough to show us a way to walk and a way not to walk. Show us, Lord, your way through your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Recently, I was uh, sitting outside when I heard a car alarm go off and with a car alarm, we've all heard a car alarm go off. The thing about a car alarm is that there is only one person who can stop that noise. And that's a person that has the little clicker button who can turn it off. No matter how much we want to turn it off, we can't. It's only the person with the button. The other thing about a car alarm is uh, it's a warning that something is going wrong. It is a loud warning that, hey, something isn't right. Attention, attention, attention is needed, right? And I see such a parallel with the warnings that God gives us. When God gives me a warning, no one else can take care of the issue, no matter how much they want to, except for me. If God is speaking to me about a change that has to happen in my life, it's me that has to do it. Not my pastor, not my family members, not my coworkers. No one else is going to be able to uh, heed the warning, take the advice, do the thing, obey the thing that God has for me, except for me. And secondly, if I don't listen to the Lord's warning in my life, alarm in my life, It affects so many other people around me, just like a car alarm going off. It's saying, warning, warning. And when we get a warning from the Lord, when we realize there's something um, that needs adjustment or needs fixing or is just plain wrong in our lives, you got to know that it's affecting other people. I was talking to someone recently about the, the, the deep effect that sin in one person's life has for years afterwards, and how far-reaching our sin can affect other people. When we're about to do something wrong, we don't think 20 years down the road how this will affect another person or another person in another generation, or how it'll affect our family and co-workers and spouse and, and, and people we go to school with. And We think sin is only going to affect us, but it affects everyone around us. And so the warning of the Lord also is saying, hey, this is going to affect everybody else. Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. The only reason that God corrects us is because he cares. 
because he loves us, because he wants the best for his children. He wants the best for you. Not just his children in general, but zero in, zero in, zero in on you. I think of all the times I've been in an airplane and you look down and the, the city gets smaller and smaller, and the cars get smaller and smaller. And I always think, God, how can you concentrate in on or care about my tiny little life? But he does. He cares about each and every single one of us. And he zeroes in on us and, and loves us enough that says, if you'll open your ears to my correction, and you begin to walk a different way than the way you are walking or have a different attitude or mindset than, than you had previously. God wants to show us how to do those things because it's going to bring good instead of bad. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. We can either uh, follow after God and good will come of our lives. Good things uh, will affect generations and, and all the people around us or bad things. And these are decisions that are made daily. These are decisions that are made publicly and privately. So just like a car alarm going off, uh, the Lord put this scripture on my heart and I feel like it is for me. This scripture kept showing up um, again and again. In, in every way, everywhere I was looking, I kept hearing this scripture. Um, I even started reading uh, a book that had uh, nothing to do with the book of Jeremiah. And I opened it up in the first uh, scripture on the first page is this verse. Oh my goodness. I feel like this verse is like chasing me, right? But I feel like it's a word for me, but I feel like it's a word for us collectively. So um, will you pay attention to this car alarm today? Will you pay attention to this alarm from the Lord? The, the word of God is living and active. It's separating the intentions of our hearts. So we can look one way on the outside, but God sees on the inside. He knows how our heart is leaning. He knows how our mind is working. He knows uh, the condition of our heart, whether it's good or bad. And he wants to uh, put a flashlight on it and say, hey, walk this way, it's better. Warning, 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 walk this way, it's better. And the car alarm of the Lord is certainly loud enough for us to hear. There's no accident that you turn this podcast on today. There's no accident that this is written in the word of God. There's no coincidence with God. He wants to speak to us because he loves us. He corrects those he loves and he loves us enough to say, hey, take a look at this. So, uh, in the book of Jeremiah, this is the Lord speaking right to Jeremiah, and it's what Jeremiah then tells the people of Israel. And uh, we are humanity. We are the people of God. We are humanity, and we are not so far separated from the people of Israel. Although we're separated by time uh, and generations, our humanity is the same humanity. Our bent to evil, our bent to good is the same. The only difference between this Old Testament scripture and this Old Testament people is that these Old Testament people tried to do good and failed. Tried to do good again and failed. And in their failure, they were punished. Tried to do good, failed, and were punished. Tried to do good, failed, and were punished. But there came a day when the people of God, uh, the cycle was exactly the same because humanity could not break the cycle of trying to do good, failing, and being punished. There came a day when the people of God tried to do good 
And Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and they yelled, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The people of God tried to do good. They failed and hung him on a cross. But there was a difference to this cycle. The cycle was broken because the people of God tried to do good. They failed and they were not punished. For the first time in history, the punishment was rested on Jesus Christ and not on the people. And Jesus took the punishment of all of us. And he said, I will take the punishment to bring you freedom, to bring you life. And the curse over your life is broken. And now there's freedom from sin and guilt and shame. And you can walk in freedom and you can walk in relationship with God. And not only can you walk in relationship with God, but that curtain between us and God that was torn from the top down ushered in the age of the Holy Spirit, which gave us the ability to hear God in a different way, to have wisdom in a different way, and the Holy Spirit rests on us as believers. So the cycle of, of, of humanity was broken in, in, in this Easter season that we're currently celebrating. The, 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 the curse over your life, we tried to do good, we failed, but we aren't punished anymore. We're able to still walk in victory when we lay our sins down at the feet of our Savior who took and saved us from punishment. We are no longer walking into punishment. No matter what we do, we're walking into victory and it's not fair and it doesn't make sense because everyone else walked into punishment. I deserve to walk into punishment. But God keeps uh, ringing these alarm bells and saying, hey, listen to me. You're not going to be punished with eternal damnation because you're going to confess your sins and, and be washed clean. You're not going to suffer from the same punishment as the people of Israel because God took that punishment upon himself in the person of Jesus. But listen to me. Would you listen to me so that your life can be fruitful so you can point more people people to the God of the universe. And I want to point more people to the God of the universe. My perfection will not save me. The perfection of Jesus will save me. But I still want to live a holy and righteous life because of what Jesus did for me. Because of what Jesus did for me, I am full of love. I am full of mercy, new every morning. And I want to walk out in that mercy and show people that God is good. But God is sounding an alarm bell here in Jeremiah. These people are still in the cycle of trying to do good, failing, and being punished. We aren't going to read the punishment part that comes uh, later on in, in, in this verse because we don't have to, because we're not walking in that same place, but we are still walking in this warning. So Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, the Lord is speaking to Jeremiah for him to tell the people, and he says this, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. The two sins here that, that the Lord is speaking to the people through Jeremiah is that you have forsaken me and you're getting your water from other places. You have forsaken me and you are getting your water from other places. Now, water is not literal water. Water is uh, your uh, nutrients from the Lord or your wisdom from the Lord or your direction from the Lord. So you've forsaken me and you're getting direction somewhere else. We are God's people purchased with a price. The price of the life of Jesus. We are, we are his. And yet we go off and we get wisdom from people other than God. 
We are God's people and we're feeding off other sources other than God. It's like someone who is a Yankees baseball player going and getting his coaching from the Mets coach and wearing Mets jerseys and Mets hats and cheering for the Mets. What are you doing? That's the wrong team. Get back over here. God is saying to the people of Israel, what are you doing? And he goes on uh, in the verses after and, and saying, uh, aren't you mine? <laughs> aren't you mine? Aren't you mine? Why are you going off? When we think of living water, Jesus is referred to as living water. He himself, Jesus, is living water. Then the uh, wisdom that we can get from Jesus is living water. I think of this as um, we can either have living water or we can try to store up water for ourselves in a cistern or like a bucket, so to speak, a cistern, a container to hold water. Living water that we get every day, we draw fresh, cool water or water that we get that's old, even by noon. If you draw water in the morning by noon and it's sitting there in the sun, it's going to be warm and murky. Now you take that same water and you let it sit for a week, it's going to get kind of murky. You, you take that same water and you let it sit for a month and it may have some flies in it. It may get it'll be flies and it'll be warm. It'll be murky. It'll start to discolor. The same with a fresh word from the Lord. So reading our Bible, a word from the Lord, God speaking to us through prayer, through times of literally being silent and concentrated on God to hear what he wants to say. That's living water from the Lord. Living water is when we read the Bible. Living water is when we read the Bible and let it set in our heart. Many times we have the Lord speak to us. And then we let it set there. It's good. It's water. We let it set there. We don't get it. We don't go back and get fresh water the next day. We don't get fresh water the day after that or the day after that or the day after that. But we still say, oh, yeah, the Lord speaks to me a month ago. Oh, yeah, the Lord spoke to me a year ago. Oh, yeah, I quieted my, my mind down and myself down a while ago. But we're drawing off old murky brown water that's in a leaky cistern that's not going to satisfy you. And, and, and the Lord says, come to me every day. He says, come to me again and again and again. Get fresh living water. You've rejected this living water and you're trying to, to feed off old murky water murky water that sometimes isn't even from the Lord. A word that you heard from a book, from a guy, from a guy, from a person, from a lady, from a friend. God says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Don't go to your book, that a self-help book. Don't go to a book about a book about a book. Go to the book, the word of God. Go to the word of God. Feast off the word of God. Here's an alarm bell ringing. Here's a warning. Here's a car alarm going off. Go straight to the Bible. Go straight to the Bible, straight to Jesus all the time. Here's a warning. Go straight to Jesus all the time. Because the warning is we're getting our words from the Lord from someone else. God says, come straight to me. We're getting our word from the Lord a long time ago. And we haven't gotten that fresh word from God. When the Israelites were uh, 
asking the Lord for food, he gave them manna, and the manna was only useful for the day. He said, don't store this up, it's only for today. But people, of course, in humanity, and as we see humanity, humanity tries to do good, they fail and get punished. The people uh, of, of God said, well, we know better than the Lord. <laughs> we'll hold on to this manna overnight, we'll eat this tomorrow. And of course, as they woke up the next day, it was rotten and no good. And really, the Lord was teaching them and giving us a picture that uh, we can have fresh food from the Lord every day, fresh water from the Lord every day, fresh word from the Lord every day. The Holy Spirit is now here among the people. His Holy Spirit living within us wants to teach us, wants to strip away attitudes, mindsets, thoughts, patterns that are not godly to make us more like him. He says, will you come to the word every day? Will you come and pull up a chair to the banqueting table of Jesus every single day to be filled with living water, filled with, with the things of God, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace, patience. I don't want yesterday's patience. I need new patience every day. I need new self-control every day. I need the gentleness of God every day. And when I'm looking at an old murky cistern that's leaking, I don't have what it needs for today. I need to come before the Lord every day. So after reading this verse, uh, and really it's setting in my heart, I said, well, God, I don't know who this warning is for because I spend time with you every day. This warning is not for me. God, I come to you every day for living water. What are you talking about? And I felt like the Lord said, I'll show you. And so the next morning when I woke up after this verse, like stung me like a bee sting, like it's right here. It's a, it's a car alarm in my head. I knew this verse. It, it was for me. The next morning, I got up and came into my prayer room like I do every morning. See, God, I come every morning for living water. And I came into my prayer room and I sat down to pray. And I couldn't concentrate. I sat for a few minutes, quietly. Then I went and got coffee. Then I sat and I didn't concentrate in on the Lord. I was super distracted. I'll help myself. I thought, I'll help myself pray. I'll turn on some music. Well, I turn to my phone to turn on music, but then I see a text message. And 15 minutes later, I, I forgot why I looked down at my phone. Oh yeah, I'm praying. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to turn on a song. So I go to turn on a song. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, what is my mind even thinking of? I had the action of getting to this room to pray, but I wasn't pressing in to the, to the presence of God. When I press into the presence of God, I hear him speak to my heart, things that I'm not thinking. There, there's the voice of the Holy Spirit that speaks to me. There's the words of the Bible that jump off the page that correct and help my life to be more like his, to be more righteous like him to cut off the, the dross, to get rid of the guck and the murk and the, the yucky stuff of the day before, the things that, that just naturally creep up, creep up in our lives. As this word was just setting in my heart, I looked up some uh, stories about people uh, drawing water from wells. And I came across a story of a woman who recounted her time as a young girl uh, and her chore was drawing water from a well. And the well was right outside of her porch. It was right outside of her house. But it was her draw job every morning to draw water. 
And it was a hard job. It was the hardest chore. And she really didn't like it, but it was her chore to draw water from a well. And she talked about days when it was really hot and the chain on the bucket was hot. She talked about days when it was cold and the chain was so cold you had to wear gloves because you couldn't stand uh, the, the pressure of the coldness on your hands. And she talked about um, how she couldn't draw water um, from the day before, but it had to be fresh water, otherwise it was warm. She talked about how sometimes the chain would break and they'd have to repair it. And she talked about how sometimes uh, toys or other things would fall into the well and her dad would have to get down with a flashlight and a, a grabber to get whatever it is out so it wouldn't contaminate the well. It was a lot of work. And she really envied people who had an electric pump uh, and this, this water drawing was the hardest chore. And I think about our time spent with God every day, our time spent silencing ourselves, silencing out the world, really putting up like walls around us, kind of getting in this little cave so we can pray and hear from God. It can be hard. It can be hard on good days. It can be hard on bad days. It can be hard on Mondays. It can be hard on Sundays. It can be hard all the time, but it's worth it because without it, we don't have living water. Without it, we don't have water that we need for our Christian walk. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can't get water from yesterday. And I want to be really clear that we are not legalistic Christians. We're not religious Christians. We're not like the Pharisees and the Sadducees that say, this is the time of day you must pray. But we are saying, the Bible is saying, God is saying, you have to spend time with him. Because the things of God are so contrary to the things of this world. This verse in Jeremiah says, I have two things against you. You've forsaken me and you're drawing water and putting it in a cistern. Forsaking God altogether is not coming to his word and drawing water from someone else instead. So easily each and every one of us is guilty of this. Not coming to God and getting our word from the Lord from someone else, from something else, from other sources. It's not going to last. It's not going to help us. Many times the Lord spoke in parables. And the parables were stories that made a, a, a succinct point, a point that we were supposed to get. And when we look at the parable in Luke chapter 8, it's the parable of the farmer who went out to sow the, the seed. And the seed is the word of God. And it fell on all different places. The question is, would you let the word of God take root and produce a crop in you? The word of God can't take root in us if we're not, if we don't know the word of God. The very, very first step is we have to consistently come before God. It's a spiritual practice. And I'm trying to think of it as, as practically as I can say it. It's shutting out everything else in the world finding a place of silence in our mind and saying, God, speak to me. Here I am, Lord, speak to me. With the rush of our society, with the 
quickness of our culture, with the way that our brains are um, made to work, to take in images and sounds and things and many things at once, it is increasingly difficult to find the silence that we need to be before God. There are things I've done before, like take a, a legal pad and just write down everything I'm thinking just to get it out of my head so that I can concentrate on God. Or I will set a timer for five minutes and say, I'm going to be quiet for five minutes. Or I'll um, go for a walk so that I can hear from the Lord, so that I can shut everything out from my home and, from, and I'll leave my, um, my phone at home. But we have to be able to develop practices where we can quiet ourselves before God. And that's prayer. There are so many different types of prayer, but prayer isn't necessarily us talking at all, but us listening. Communing with God, being with God. And then as we're reading the Bible, we hear living water, we hear words from the Lord by asking God to speak to us through his word, through slowing down and not trying to accomplish by reading his word, not trying to say uh, some grandiose plan of reading so many chapters in such a short amount of time or grandiose plan of I want to do this to be impressive or so I can tell someone, but to just sit with the word and say, God, what are you saying? And not cherry picking out one tiny verse but reading everything around it, this verse in Jeremiah that I'm talking about, there's so much all around it. I'm pointing this out in, in this small podcast, but there's so much around it. God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? That's living water. When God speaks directly to us because he cares so deeply about us. God, what are you saying to me today? Today, right now, what are you saying to me I hope that this verse sounds like a car alarm in your life, a car alarm that only you can remedy. No one else can meet with God on your behalf. You need to meet with God and it's glorious and it's worth the struggle of finding those moments. It's worth the struggle of shutting everything else out. Because believe it or not, that car alarm, that warning going off in your mind right now, that warning going off in your life, it's affecting everyone around you when you're not diving in to the Word of God and, and spending time quietly before the Lord. It's affecting everyone around you. you the, you're the only one that holds that little button to turn it off. There are things that I'm doing in my life right now. There are things that you're doing in your life right now that God says, hey, listen to me. Hey, let me show you a better way. What you're doing is hurting other people. Let me show you how to help instead. Let me show you the difference between the ways of the world and the ways of God. I don't want secondhand words from God. I want to go right to God. I don't want... Uh, old manna from yesterday that's moldy. I don't want water in a cistern that's leaking and murky and brown. I want to go right to God today. But the verse in Jeremiah says, you've committed two sins. You've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and you've dug your own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You could begin right now to pray for somebody else 
that you see that this is the issue in their life. And I'm sure very quickly you could come up with a, a list of names of people who uh, need to begin to pray, who need to begin to seek the Lord. But today, you're listening to this podcast. Today, you're the one with the button to turn off the alarm. How does this hit you? How does this resonate with you? And what are you going to do with this warning? Let's pray. God, I thank you that your word separates the intentions of our heart. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come before you every day. And Lord, I pray that we will forsake all else for you. That we would be all in to hear from the living God every day. Help us to take this warning, God. Help us to hear from you so that we can point others to you so that we aren't hurting other people but helping. Help us, Lord, to dive into your ways that we could be people of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control that we would no longer be people of this world with hard edges and anger and malice and greed and, and self-serving attitudes and things that are ugly and hurtful. Lord, help us. Help us to pull up to the banqueting table of the Lord every day and feast on your word, be filled with living water. Help us not to rely on things you said yesterday or last week or last year or when we were a little kid, but help us to rely on your word today. Help us to hear from heaven today. Lord, help us to be quick to obey. We pray these things in your name and we thank you for taking on the punishment of our sins so that we can continually have an audience with God. We pray all these things in your mighty name.